Hello and welcome to Happy Place with me, Fern Cotton. Today, a big bumper episode for you. Not one, not two, but three gorgeous guests. I'm chatting to Gary Barlow, Mark Owen and Howard Donald, otherwise known as Take That. The music saved me over the years. It did. It was, the, it was my answer in the years that I wasn't doing music to get back to it. It was my answer to not make me focus on fame and because the music, and I believe that with anything, if, if, if the sole skill of what you do, if you let that skill go and concentrate on something else that was a, a partner to that skill, I think you get lost and you need to go back to the skill. The reason why people first noticed you or discovered you, why was that? Because I'm a singer and a songwriter. And if you keep going back to that well, I think that's where the health comes from. I don't think I really need to introduce Take That to you really, but just in case, Take That formed as a five-piece band in 1989 and were quite honestly an immediate success. Their first two albums charted at number two and number one respectively. The band split in 1996, but for the last 18 years or so, Take That have been regrouping to make music and tour together. Robbie Williams returned for 2011's Progress Tour that saw them break UK records for the fastest selling album of the 21st century and the fastest selling tour of all time. (laughs) It's madness. Now, Gary, Mark and Howard have released a new single that I'm obsessed with called Windows and are set to play 29 dates across 15 cities around the UK and Ireland in 2024. And they're obviously known for their huge live show productions, so I can't even begin to imagine what they're dreaming up for this one. If you're not already in love with Take That, I think you really will be by the end of this chat. The guys were the most fun to hang out with. In fact, there was so much gorgeous energy in the room they sort of gate crashed the beginning of the chat there was no proper start to this chat as you'll hear so absolutely no time for me to do an official hello okay take that coming up in just a moment Oh my God. But first, a little bit of news. Happy Place Festival is back in 2024. Get in. We'll be back at Chiswick House and Gardens on Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th of July and in Tatton Park on Saturday the 31st of August and Sunday the 1st of September. Early bird tickets at 2023 prices are on sale now until Friday the 20th of October. Ticket links and more information can be found at happyplaceofficial.co.uk forward slash festival. Oh, I can't wait to see you all there next summer. All right, here's the show. Do you do a lot of these with 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 groups? Or is no, it this is the biggest group I've had on the podcast in real life. That isn't that wow. interesting. Yeah, I've had three people for an interview on Zoom, but uh-huh. in real life, this is this wow. is the this is the first for Happy Place. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Like I'm we're glad it's you. The, we were looking for the first. <laughs> Always, yeah. here we are. Super yeah. competitive, yeah. Gary. Oh yeah. Always. Always, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you have been on, Gary, in 2018, which was lovely to chat to you then. But it's mm-hmm. really good to have all three of you here today to chat about a whole ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. First of all, 
I messaged you the other night. Windows oh. is a right tune. Oh, thank you. Come thank on. You. That song. That is amazing. Yeah, We're happy. We're Bet happy. you are. Yeah. It's got a really strong melody. You've got strings. You've got live guitars in there. It sounds quite 70s. What were your sort of initial thoughts starting out with this project? Well, it started actually with something Mark said to me. He said, what we've got to imagine with that we knew at this point we were going to do BST this yeah. year. So it's a, obviously we we'd played BST before. So he said, imagine walking out onto the stage, we wave and then we strike into the song. What is that song? Oh, I like that. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting one. Mm. And so I went off and started beavering away a bit. And, and then you came around one afternoon, didn't you? And, and what so what's happened throughout this record we've done is each of us have brought something in. It could be two lines or it could be a 90% finished song. But we've done it individually and I found Windows early and heard it and got my, I said, just check this out, see what you think. And he was like, I can see it now, the sun's yeah. setting. <laughs> and interestingly, we didn't end up doing it at BST, did we, in the no, end? No, we, we almost did. And we dropped it about three hours before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just yeah. thought it was right. too early. Oh, right. However, we, got, we got a bit nervous But it's well. one of those songs that you instantly, you hear it and you go, I know this song. And we, you don't know it, but it's got that beautiful, familiar melody about it it's like an instant sing-along yeah. so I good think it's not only for... an instant sing-along it's actually because obviously we've been through the process of um recording it and doing the video to it hearing it lots and lots of times and it's one of those songs i i don't seem to get sick of you know no you but... wanted to sing it it's a real sing-along song i think for me what i that drew me in immediately to this song was hearing gary's voice on it because i'd not heard him sing like that for and i know it's like a ridiculous thing because I've known him for 30 odd years and heard him sing many songs but the way he was delivering that song and the sort of the tone and the, I don't know how you'd say it but the, it, it felt new even though mm. I'd known him for a long time I was like oh my god who's Who's that? Who's that guy? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, you've but, got but it five actually, minutes to fill. Actually, that that was um, it was it was really exciting and mm. so it wasn't just a song. It was it was the the drive behind this record. I think for us all is what I'm trying to say is that there was a determination. Like because we'd had a gap, it didn't feel like we were sort of tiring out and winding down. It felt like we were coming back with this new energy. Mm. And he just told me about the. Breath work you've been doing with your friends. So I don't Richard we might, Orton, might, yeah. yeah. All we that might need to work. Thank Richie. Yeah, it's got you to that. What was that high note in Windows right at the start? It that's, is high. That's high. It is, it is. <laughs> Especially as we we're looking to next week at some live performances. It's like, yeah, it's like A's and high. it's high up there. Slightly yeah. regretting that yeah. now. Very much so. <laughs> when you have a song like Windows land in your head. What is that? Is that a download? Where are you getting that from? Do these songs end up sort of fully formed entering your mind? How does that work? I'm so interested in that process. Oh, it's a, such a funny one, uh, songs arriving. Uh, and often for me, it, it's never just a melody. I can hear everything. I can hear the really? strings, how the drums mm. should sound. I can hear a lot of things when melodies come. Actually, there's a there's a few different feelings. The first is bloody hell, this is this is good. This this could be something. Then versus, thank God for that. We've got a single. Mm -hmm. A lot of things could because it it's more than just writing music for fun. It's writing music, knowing everyone else is writing music, knowing we're on a new label now. We've got you know we've got a goal to aim for next 
the end of next year. So all that relief comes and and then I think the songwriter takes over and then you set to work on crafting this tiny piece you've got. And I guess then it becomes the experience you've had over the years and but they do just land I don't know where these things come from. I don't know it depends on the day of the week or where what you're looking at or which country you're in, but they do thank goodness keep landing. It's it's interesting that you feel relief because most would assume you know you're Gary Barlow, these songs are always going to be there. But do you have that feeling like, what if I can't write a classic again? What if there isn't another big song? I think I think that every time I sit at the piano, really? to be honest. And I do also, the one thing I did learn over the years was, I don't write 12 songs now and then don't write until the next album starts. I write nearly every day. If I'm in the studio, I try and write because it's like a muscle songwriting is. It's really like if you don't sing for 12 months, your voice is not going to be as good. You've got to keep working that muscle. Um, It's healthy. It's healthy. And also beyond that, actually, I have tailored my life in the in the recent years to also add to that skill of songwriting. I read a lot, um, and make sure there's plenty of downtime in the day where I actually get to relax. It, I work out. I do all the things we love to do to keep my mind healthy and ready for when it's needed. When something like that lands and you go, right, I need to work on this now, I'm in a healthy place to do that. Yeah, so important. And did you, was there sort of an act of rebellion in terms of making sure this album had loads of live strings and live guitars and piano on there, considering so much of today's music is made digitally on a screen and you can replicate any instrument you want, any vocal you want? Did you want to get back to basics? I wouldn't say it was... Not a plan, really, that was it? No, I think the song told us mm. where we were going um you know we're very fortunate we've worked with some of the greatest producers you know in the world Stuart Price you know John Shanks they're, they're all amazing producers but when Windows came along and maybe it was the new label as well um and the sound of that song it made us think a little bit differently we've got a new label EMI Thomas at EMI Records he came in with a load of fresh ideas Names. Names of of people who who thought it would be good. And and so it it was exciting for us to try to do something different. And a name that came up uh, quite a lot in conversation in in, uh, a gentleman from um, Savannah, Uh, he's called Dave Cobb, he's an American producer. And he'd come up in a few chats we'd had and we'd all heard bits of records that he had done. But basically we went out into Nashville uh, in January last year, wasn't it? We turned up there. It was like freezing. A, a minus. meeting, really. We had three days, but we turned up there. We'd never met him. Never really spoke to him apart from saying, see you on Friday. Yeah. We turned up there with, a, you know, a few songs, like a cassette, not a cassette. Actually, it might have been a cassette. Played, played him a few songs. He had a band there, and we were literally just straight from the from the tape player into the room with the band and it was at RCA Victor Studio B which is like I know this is probably a bit boring for listeners <laughs> but uh, it's like the best studio it's where Elvis recorded so many songs wow uh, Dolly Parton recorded there uh, the Everly Brothers Woody Holly the, wow. the room was amazing um, and and it was just the, we, we didn't even get chance to sort of say a lot like put our coat up before we knew it, we were in and they were recording the song and it was just we were just like we're in we're yeah. off yeah 
there's magic in rooms like that, isn't there? Whenever I go to Abbey Road, you can, yeah, you can feel it in the can. room. The energy of it is so cool. And how is it making an album? I mean, you've made a ton of music over the years together and off as solo artists. How does it differ to when you first started out in the 90s? And I mean that in an emotional sense, because I can even look back at the start of my career in the 90s. And I was healthily naive, super confident, had all my goals in sight. Nothing was going to stop me. I personally think that gets harder as you get older. That confidence is slightly more fragile. You're certainly not naive. You know what the pitfalls are and where things can go wrong. Have you experienced a sort of similar journey in terms of how you emotionally approach making music? Yeah, I guess if you go back to the 90s, um, obviously when the band was formed, um, it was, you know, Gary was obviously the songwriter of the 90s and we didn't really write anything in the 90s, which worked perfectly because Gary had the ammunition basically for the group to work which was perfect. And, you know, and then when we, we obviously disappeared for nine years and then we came back and we decided that from now on for us all to be, you know, happy in our own world, let's take that, you know, we'll all start contributing to the writing of everything. So, um, and, and yeah, and it's, it's really worked and it's actually made us, it made me, and I guess individually, it's made us all feel like we are, really part of the album even though we sung on all the songs in the 90s and we had our little you know we had our little say on some of the songs but it's um you know now now we're all writing together it's it feels like we're in a great place in a creative place and and it's a yeah happy place Oh, see that? What an ending! Perfect. That's, that's not it. the end of the podcast, but that yeah. would have been a great ending. <laughs> yeah. Save it for later. That same thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll cut it around. Yeah, yeah. Chop it up. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I heard you on my friend Jake's podcast, Gary, on high performance, yeah. and and you were saying that you were the leader back then, and you wanted to control things. How has that been to sort of let go in certain areas and ensure that everyone, like the dynamic has changed over the years? Well, it happened very, very early that day because when we all came back, um, and this goes back to the question you asked previously, I think, a, a bit as well. When we all um, stood in a room when we were doing that reunion thing, it, it just all sort of happened. It was there was no big plan. It was it was it was more or less like we were just landed in a room. We were all just sort of looking at each other. Most of us hadn't done anything for ten years. I hadn't sung for about five or six years. Not even in my own studio. I w- I'd really turned my back on performing. And I remember us all looking at one another, and we were not a band. We weren't, but we'd been a band but we were not a band at that point. And, and I think that we, we then experienced this whole thing of tour tickets going on sale, doing this massive tour. We felt the love of the people again. And I think once it was clear that we should try and do something new, not just trade off our back catalogue, how is that going to look as adults now? Not as these young guys from the 90s. How does that look as adults and I think that, for me, the reason I'm here today and the reason I go and sing on later next week or whatever is because I've started this process with the music, the idea, the the lyric, that, and it means so much to me. So the idea that everyone could feel that and feel part of this group was really the only way to make this work second time round. 
And and uh, uh, you can say, you can list the songs of the reasons why we came back so big, but I believe that feeling was really the fire underneath that whole thing of why we all worked so hard on a tour. What the music, if you can get yourself into that music, there's nothing you'll ever be more passionate about in your life as to telling people and singing it to people. And, and I believe that was really the start of Take That, the band, mm. this time round. I think it also took pressure off Gary as well. <clears> you know, <throat> Gary oh, was... Yeah. Gary was so responsible of coming up with the next hit single in the 90s and he was always in the studio, whereas we wasn't in the studio until it came to singing the song. So the fact that now we were all like became co-writers and writers of the song, it meant that Gary could obviously have more freedom to do whatever he wanted to do and actually sit back and listen to the songs that we were writing rather than being so intensely writing songs for Take That. Mm. Excuse you get like a nice frog in your throat at the wrong time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, uh, last year I was doing a show where it was mostly talking. Oh, And at one point I had to take a drink of something. <coughs> and I always worried about that happening. Oh, my God, you it's You know where you awful. take a drink? I've had it so many times. <clears throat> and, and it takes about half an hour for it to go. So my worst one was live on Radio 1. I was interviewing Bruno Mars. <laughs> It's an interesting character. And um, and I had that so bad. And I got a coughing fit and I had to hand him the script, like a sheet of paper, and just point. Reading. And he had to link into the song. It was awful. <laughs> oh, God. Nothing's worse than that. Oh, God. What do you think, looking at your, you know, you've stuck around for a long time, 33 odd years, is pretty much unheard of. And we know the bands that have stuck around, like the Foo Fighters, like the Stones. Why do you think it is? Do you think friendship has to be there as a foundation? Uh, I'm not sure, because I know lots of unhappy bands <laughs> who are still around. <laughs> yep, I guess. Um, bands are tricky. Yeah. They are tricky. I think we're lucky. I think we're lucky. We, we, I mean, I've known these guys longer than I've known my wife. Mm. You know, we have a long... And I think often when people who are new to our fold come around us, they, they listen to us talk to one another and they say, is everything all right? And I was like, no, don't worry, we know each other really well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's tricky for us now to sort of ever offend one another. We know each other so well. And this is a happy version of us right now. I mean, we're... we're um, you know, I feel like, especially, you, I don't want to single you out, but I've enjoyed watching Howard's on this particular album, actually. I, I feel like he's written and done his best performance I've ever heard on this album. So to see us going, doing things that are surpassing what we've done in the past, it's just brilliant. It's just yeah, brilliant. I, I feel like I've just got started. It's, mm. really, it's a really weird feeling. I feel like I've had the freedom. I think a lot of the... Um, Freedom has been taken up from the past through having young children, yeah, and me putting my family first, you know, over over take that, uh, which is which I guess is what everyone does anyway now. But um, back in the nineties, that's all we knew, you know, that's all we wanted to do, and you know, even girlfriends or no one was married, no one had children, so all we wanted to do was be and take that. So back then, we didn't really have the connection with each other and the friendship than what we do now. And, and I think maybe a lot of it is down to actually having children and actually understanding each other's situations. And, you know, there's nothing better than getting in a room and talking about a situation. Mm. And that's what we have always done. We've always talked about stuff uh, and whether a problem arises, we always talk about it rather than sweeping it under the carpet. We never even had time back in the 90s to even mm. address anything like that. 
And now we do. And not only is it a friendship, but I think the in that nine years, we had the gap where we wasn't doing anything. I think we were very lucky that the songs that Gary wrote, they had a real life, you know, and they were played on the radio all the time. So then when we came back, they, people knew our songs. So... And it's so lovely that you feel like you're just getting started because I think a, a big problem with a lot of bands or artists who have been around for a long time, they do get jaded. They do get bored of doing the cycle of record promotion, touring, and they become maybe complacent or not as grateful. But it feels like you guys have that fire in your yeah. belly. Why do you think that is? Why have you all stuck with that feeling of, yeah, we're just getting started. There's more to get done. Yeah, I mean, we, we, again, it's... Um... Besides not feeling, you know, I've, I feel like my creativity personally is is I've just started letting out my creativity. Um, someone else, Sam, I'm lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm lost. <laughs> Get that coffee down. I was going somewhere. I was going, maybe I've had too much coffee today. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. But we I are, think I, um, no, go on. We I'm are like-minded. We are yeah. like-minded. Yeah. We're, we're very, you know, we come off stage. Having played in front of thousands and start planning what's coming next, and you know we're ambitious still. The music I have to always come back to the music. You can make all the plans in the world, but if your music's not right and it's not making you excited and each other excited, you don't have anything. And we're serious about that. That's the bit we have to get right, and so we put a lot of time into that, and it's rewarding when when it is right. Yeah, and I think the basic thing is like. You know, your mum say, when are you, you going back out on tour? You know, uh, are you writing any, are you doing any more? You know, it's basically like that, that family and friends say, oh, when are you guys going back out on the road? And you're like, I better call them and see when we're going <laughs> back do out. Something. better do something. Yeah. I haven't seen you on top of the pops for a while. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh-oh, <laughs> yeah. that's gone. Better, better. Um, but it, actually, it's I think true. it's still on. Is it at Christmas? Maybe. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It's true, though. You know, people, mm. people enjoy. I mean, it, it's part of my life. So... I think I was 17 when we started off and it's part, it's literally part of my life. So when I'm not doing it, I like having a break from it, but I miss it when I'm not. So mm. after a while, a break becomes a bit like something's not quite working or it's like, I can't find my shoe, you know? Yeah. It's like, so there's a, there's a real comfort in being around the band, you know, whichever form of that band it is, whether it's three, four, five, you know, I, I like being around and it's not just the three of us as well. It's a, people around us, our musicians, uh, the producers. It, it's nice to be a part of, as an energy of creativity, as you know. It, it's nice being around other people who are doing things of a similar sort of nature mm. so that you can chat about things and you can enjoy that space. And, you know, I, I, like, I like working. I love my job and I like working. I love the lads. I love the people that we work with. And so... I miss it when I'm not doing it. So that's what keeps me going. The it, is all, it is and all, we have, you know. We have all yeah. been somewhere where the three of us anyway have been at a time when we haven't been out. Like, we wanted to do interviews, but nobody wanted to interview us. Or, mm. So so we know the other side. The feeling. That yeah. feeling of... And so if, to be on this side is is better. Mm. feels nicer, you know, to mm. be able to go, oh, we're going out on tour or we're making a new record is better than going, I can't get a record deal. There's, you know, there's no gigs to play. So it's, we've, we've seen both sides of it. So mm -hmm. I think that that makes us super, super grateful yeah. every day to be able to do this, but also really enjoy it. 
and just enjoy the company and the challenge. It's challenging. It's challenging to, to go, okay, we're going to come back. We've got to make a new record. What's that going to sound like? It's, but it's great having those conversations, but it's challenging as well. Yeah. And, and we enjoy, you know, we're now putting it together a tour. It's like we've done some great tours. We've done the biggest tours ever, you know, the biggest show. So how are we going to do it now? What Now we're just having a conversation about that. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, really. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's such a weird industry, isn't it? Your side of it, my side of it. I think all of us kind of tread very carefully going, oh, my God, it could all end. You just don't know what's going to happen next. And I think if you're not grateful and diligent, that's where it all starts to go wrong. I feel exactly this. Every time I get to do a podcast, I'm like, grateful, bloody brilliant that I get to sit and do this and this this is my job. And meet people and and enjoy it. I would never take that for granted. Could you see yourselves like the Stones working in this industry, in some ways, um, on stage, still doing your thing down the line in your 70s, 80s? And the differences between us and them, obviously they're full on playing instruments and, you know, obviously Mick Jagger's doing his singing. But and, And I think maybe that, maybe as more of a longevity, maybe this is just in my head, more of a longevity than what we would as a pop band who are known for uh, as a vocal group and a performing group and a dancing group. But, you know, I, I don't know. I would like to think so, but although I am dreading the big 60, which is not another... <laughs> next till, year? No, no, no it's, it's not till another, another, <laughs> another five years. No, it's quite nice. He hits it first. So we, we get to test oh, it with him when exactly. he's, he's the oldest. So he, yeah. wow, okay. he hits it first and then we go, how's he doing? How is it? Yeah. How is it? And if he looks yeah. like he's struggling, we'll just stop. Yeah, but if someone had told you guys in the 90s that you'd be releasing albums and this excited about to go on tour, you wouldn't yeah. have believed it. No. So who knows? No. Yeah. 60's going to be fine, Howard. Yeah. Don't worry. I hope so. It's going to be I mean, right. You're, you're, go, go, 60, to you're nearly 60 already. I'm 55. Oh, five years away. So miles like, it away. is miles <laughs> away. You know, I, I'd like to believe we are because obviously we, we're very conscious about our health and what we do with our bodies. And we know now that, you know, what what used to be a 10-minute warm-up in the 90s is now <laughs> 10 hours warm-up. You know. it's, um, yeah, and it's also, I'm laughing because I know. Yeah, yeah. And, it's also, it's harder. Harder. and now it's a post, post warm-up, you know, yeah. post warm-down. <laughs> and the magnesium bath. This you know isn't I mean, me, on the by the way. It's a lot of... Oh, no, you're it's a lot, fiddle, Gary. It's a, lot of, a lot of vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, yeah, little so, you know, the little vitamin thing it gets <laughs> longer and bigger as you're getting yeah. older different times I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to think we have longevity because of that reason of keeping ourselves in, 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 in shape yeah. not only for the band but obviously for our own kids as well you know yeah takes a lot of time but it's worth it yeah. but it's it's mentally really great for you as well to be doing stuff and I think yeah. that, that I heard you say yesterday I think it was I, I don't know what we were talking about but you you were talking about doing the gym and you were saying I don't just do it for the guns but didn't say the word guns no, no. you I just made that up I think you said I don't do it for the I don't necessarily do it for the muscle I do it for the mind that's it that's See, what that's he, said. No, he, he did mention about <laughs> that can have that phone he did, he did mention about, right, his down, butt, about his butt muscles as well you know what cut it now cut it Gary's guns, whatever next. <laughs> you know what? I swear on my life. How 
mm. over the years have you coped with fame? Because that is a really strange subject matter to get onto. And it's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. There's still huge myths out there about what fame means and what it is and what it brings you. I think the reality is it can be useful in terms of keeping up what you're doing and having the opportunities. But actually, I think the downsides often outweigh the positive. How have you found it and who do you think's cope the best with being in the spotlight being scrutinized that's a difficult one that but it, uh, you know i i struggle with fame i really do i struggle with fame I, I just i don't know i don't sometimes i believe sometimes i think that i'm not really worth it i don't think i i you know it, it's a weird feeling that you know three of us got out of the car the other day and that there's people waiting for us and and i felt like i i, I was almost saying to myself i wonder whether anyone wants to see me I don't know. It's really sad that, isn't it? But I, don't, I just actually felt I, don't, I didn't. I, I sometimes feel that I'm not worth it about being in the band. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know why. It's just. It's. It's a really strange feeling, and I and I do go through different motions of of yes, I feel confident and I feel great, but there's a lot of time where I don't feel great about it. You know, and I don't feel like I'm ready for it. I'm ready for being thrust into the spotlight, being thrust in on the tour and. You know, because when I'm on tour and we get used to it, I I can almost blank myself out that people are actually even in the crowd. You know, so that's what helps me mm-hmm. cope with it to actually, you know, the adoration or whatever you want to call it. It's a it's a really weird thing. And, you know, when you're out, I'm, I'm to be honest with you, when I'm out, if I go to the supermarket, I can quite easily keep my head down. But some days, but a lot of the days I put my head up and I don't care what anyone thinks. You know, it's like, just get on with it. Anyone asks me, you know. I think it's extremely normal what you're saying, because I I think you look around and assume, you know, whether we're talking about fame or not, but you look around with your friends, your peers, your family, and you assume everyone else is coping here. Everyone else is coping okay. And everyone else is maybe feels like they're worthy of fame. I'm not sure many people do. I think people are just good at pretending they feel comfortable with it or that they feel like they deserve it, that it's warranted. It is, if you look at what you guys do, it's utterly bizarre, you know, to have tens of thousands of people, you know, knowing a lot about you and screaming your names. That's not a normal thing to experience. So I think what you've just described is probably how most people, I mean, I'm sat there nodding going, I hear you. I totally hear you. I get it. You do look at people thinking, oh, they're they're so full of confidence and they're on Mm. stage by themselves, but you don't really know what goes on behind closed doors, what what front they are really putting on for them to be on that stage. Mm -hmm must be quite frightening for people who are actually hiding it. You know? Yeah, and no, I think I think you probably just get good at, you know, wearing the mask, don't you? And yeah. getting out there and making sure that you look like you're confident. And like you say, there's times when you do feel it, mm. and that's probably more to do with the music and the creativity, and the, yeah. you're, not, you're detaching from that. But I don't think there's many people that, like, I'm famous and I feel great being famous, and it feels really natural. I don't well, I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> there are a few. We can all put out. We'll we all know a few. Swap notes later, yeah, yeah, on yeah. that one. I'm yeah. sure there that's are That's why people. I also feel sorry for those people on talent shows, you know, when... Yeah. when when they get thrust into the limelight, they do these talent shows and they win. And then all of a sudden they're in clubs and they've got bottles of champagne and they're almost told this dream of that. They're going to be, you know, they've got an arm deal or they're going to be famous for the rest of their life. And then next the year after they're not even heard of. It's like, yeah. I feel so sorry for them in a way, you know, because they, they think they've got this, even like some of the boy groups that were around in the nineties that never did as well as us. And then you see, people coming back on these thrown together made up programs of 90s groups reforming with each other 
And I think, God, imagine, imagine what I would feel like if I was actually in that position. But maybe I wouldn't feel that then because I haven't tasted the fame that we've had, you know, or the success. Mm. So it's a cruel one, isn't it? The the whole industry can be extremely harsh and, and difficult. And that level of scrutiny as well, I think, that's something that is extremely hard to get used to, whether it's having newspapers dig around in your life or articles written about you where you do feel totally out of control. It's a really mm. big, nasty beast. And there's also, of course, the online side of it as well, which we're all having to navigate. And it is incredibly difficult and it's an incredibly sensitive area. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you're saying, not saying online, that is becoming more and more heightened. And I know, Howard, this is something that you've had a bit of trouble with this year and something that has yeah. caused you a lot of stress, actually. I did. And you know what? I meant what I said at the time when I apologised for it. And... Um, I obviously, I was very sorry to anyone that was offended. Those tweets are like, don't reflect the person I am. And I'm all about love and positivity and being inclusive. And I just want people to be who they want to be, basically. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's a, you know, the whole online thing, it's a very, it's a treacherous place. And yeah. we're all, you know, and it's, again, looking back at when you first started out, there were no phones at gigs. There weren't people yeah. filming your performance. Mm-hmm. People were sort of dancing. Now everyone stood still with the phone up. You know, there was no Instagram, no TikTok. It is a totally different beast. How do you find that side of it, incorporating the sort of digital thing alongside the, the bit you've always done? I, I like telling people, oh, it was good in our day when we didn't have phones. And back in our day, I, I, I don't even think it's just for people who are sort of famous I think just generally you know we've for me I've you know got kids and children and trying to work out or oh, when you know when does my youngest daughter get a phone you know I'm where, in that one now yeah. like when when yeah. well, how do you yeah. do that to sort of trying to parent and 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 I think Howard was touching on it earlier you know trying to parent your and do a good job at parenting but at the same time you know t- try and do your work and trying to find that balance, I think, between in life and the different sort of things that come along. You know, my, my kids are better than me on social media. They're quicker at it. They know what they're doing. I go to them for, oh, how do I do this? And they're Ooh, like, oh, it's so easy. Just do this. Mm-hmm. And they set me up at like Pinterest. Like, they're like, oh, I'll Pinterest. I'm like, Pinterest? What's Pinterest? <laughs> What's this one now? What's this one? Yeah. <laughs> Another new so, one. But, it, but, it, but it's... It, it's um, it was great in our day when those things were around and, and you know, even just sat around a table. Like, I sit down with my wife, Emma, and we're sat at the table and, like, everybody's sort of on the phones and, like, just trying to have, have a conversation. Like, have a conversation sometimes can be, you know, tricky and we're like, okay, everybody put the phones down. I'll tell you who's yeah. worst. My parents, when I go after my parents, oh, they're in the pub on their phone. I'm like, all right, it. pair yeah. of teenagers, get mm, off yeah. your phone. But we're all addicted to a yeah. level and we've all got to try and work it's out it's quite sad in a way really it is because we, we, we make a ban if we eat at the table we make a ban to, and no phones are yeah, allowed even same. at the table yeah, I'm quite screens. lucky my eyes are fading so I can't see my, <laughs> my arms my arm can't go far enough away now it's the vitamins it's the eyes he's going to those selfies he's going to those selfie sticks do you know what though he, <laughs> just did, to read it. he did a commercial for <laughs> Specsavers and I thought I'm going to get some free glasses here never once did Gary, he say I mean I've been mentioned him for at least two years that I can't He's quite see. Borrowing my glasses. I've been waving. I've been waving to say you can and have the eye test. Just give have in. An eye You're test. You're doing your eyes more damage by not putting glasses on. I yeah. quite like, you know, 
the drama of it. The yeah. drama, yeah. No, and just I, having I want... a nice sort of romantic blur to like. I like, yeah. like, yeah. like yeah. it. Yeah. a 50s flair. So look, you've got your tour coming up. I saw yeah. that you announced this on Instagram this week. This is hugely exciting. I've seen many of your tours and they are getting bigger. I don't know how. Mm. The production level is just out of this world. How can you keep upping it? What is next? It's a good question. It's a good question. Oh, we haven't worked that out yet. No, we haven't really. No, (laughs) no, no. I think we're going to get Pinterest. (laughs) I think when we do when we do a a tour like a a tour plan, you know, obviously things have to be. I think even sometimes up to fourteen, sixteen months ahead to even book the venues before anyone else gets it. And then you have to do the stage design because that site takes eight to 12 months to even make. Get it built. Yeah. Uh, and then once all that's in place, which is the most... Which is the most... We've got to get out. A couple of six-inch nails. You do that bit. Some pallets. We've got to build it and then we've got to get it built. Cement. We've got to hire a van. We've got to get a van. Wheels. Get your high vis. See if it's a driver. So as I was saying, as I was saying yeah sorry Howard no no you know obviously it takes a lot of time and you have to be well ahead in planning and as that's being made then we can sort of get our heads together which we always do either we either you know sometimes we've been off to Vegas or different places hotel rooms coming up with ideas of different songs and that's where the fun really begins and and I think going back to the album is when we are actually creating songs and albums you know we actually have a our imagination is towards the tour as well. When you're actually creating a song, how is this sound in an arena mm. or a stadium? What's it going to look like? How are the crowd? You know, it's like sometimes I when I DJ I, and I'm downloading. I knew he'd get DJ. I knew he'd get DJ. He's so cool. Don't so he's plug in. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't plug it in. Tell him when you gig is. Go on. Tonight. <laughs> no, but when you download a song, when you listen to it and you listen to it headphones, you, you actually visualise how does this go down with the crowd? And it's exactly the same to take that. You imagine when you're writing the song, how is this going to go down? How is this going to be performed? How are the crowd going to be? And if you get a really good feeling about it, I think you're on... You're in the right place. Yeah. I mean, it's a big tour. You always do big tours. It's a lot of dates. It's a lot of travelling. Huge, huge venues. All of the stuff you've got to cognitively deal with, you know, looking out to a crowd and wondering what the hell's going on and trying to process I'm that. I'm trying to see them. You're trying to see them <laughs> without your glasses on. <laughs> then you've got to try and sleep after and you're on a huge high. I mean, it's an, it's an emotional roller coaster. It's a physical roller coaster. It's a mental roller coaster. What do you do individually to ensure that you're you're ready for this? And it's not just about going to the gym and making sure you're fit and you can do the show. There's all the other stuff that comes mentally with it. So what do you do to prep for that? Right, so for me... Yeah, because life runs alongside all these things. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that. For me, it starts at home. Yeah. Starts at home. you got to get the babysitters into place. Yeah. (laughs) When they're coming on tour, at what point, at what point are you going to get your rest by them not being on tour, Mm -hmm. which is obviously we're talking about younger kids here. And once that's sorted out, as long as people are happy at home, especially the wife, then then obviously (laughs) things can start kicking off and then... You know, for for your own mental health and your own physical health, you know, and obviously nutrition, you've got to you've got to work on it because obviously back in the nineties you could burn the candle at both ends mm-hmm. when you're young, but now it's a different story. You get an injury, you could be out, or you might have to cancel shows, and that's something we don't want to do to our paying audience. No, you know? no we no. we feel they deserve to see an amazing show. 
us in tip-top condition yeah. and giving it everything that we can possibly give. Mm. Yeah, I think it's so important to mention like getting everything ready at home because people just sort of, I guess, turn up to the tour and they see you as these sort of machines that are doing your job on stage. But you've got home lives. You've got, yeah. you know, everyone's got stuff going on at home, whether it's stuff with the kids or school or whatever's going on. And you need to almost know that that's really, really in place and everything's great and there's that sort of equilibrium so you can then switch off to get into show mode. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, important. Correct. Yeah, it is. It's part. It's definitely part of the prep. You know, I mean, it, it, we always say there's not a lot of downsides with touring. You know, we, we wake up at half past ten in the morning, go oh, for a breakfast lovely. together, have a read in the afternoon, go to the venue, have dinner together about half five ahead of the thing, then get ready, go on, have an amazing night. Our audience are always amazing. Get back and start chilling into the evening, you know, glass of red wine, whatever, and go. it's beautiful. But meanwhile, you know, the ship's still running somewhere else. And, and like Howard said, it's about balancing that off. And, um, yeah, it's it's more definitely than just walking out on a stage. Yeah. And, and as I think as you're... Um, for me, I always have like issues with the believing and the like. That's the the difficult part is when you're sort of saying, "But you know, you're leaving out the door, and you know you're going away for mm. some time, mm. and 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 it's tricky to sort of even prepare yourself. I mean, the, I guess the as as Gaz was saying, the prep starts a a lot earlier than that, but it, it's it's never easy. It's not easy when you're away, especially if if you're away and you know. You might be missing like, an event, like oh, a somebody's birthday, birthday yeah, yeah. Somebody's birthday or, or school assembly. School yeah. assembly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, you I know do. that. Yeah. It's horrible. It's tricky, and that, and that's not and just again. That's not kids. just about. It is. Yeah. That's not just being uh, like doing what we do. I guess that's, that's being everyone. a parent. Yeah. That's yeah. everybody. Yeah, it's it's those times and trying to find the right balance between how you do that. I, I mean, I'm. I'm 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 quite lucky now because mine are getting a little bit older than Howard. So, you know, if if I say, oh, do you want to come away f- for a week? And they sort of know friends and they they can hook up with people. And that's the great thing about uh, social media now is they they look on Snapchat and they go, oh, I'm in London. And so are 10 of my mates at the same mm-hmm. time. So they can all hook up with each other and connect with each other in that way. So that's a that's a great thing. and 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 they quite enjoy the... Traveling away and 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 doing their thing, so I, I, I'm lucky in that regard that they travel. It's easier for my lot to travel than it mm. is for, for example, Howard's lot to You're travel. You're in the thick of it, Howard, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. He's got the youngest kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm but, the oldest. Yeah, but it. But do you know? Just, just I think I think tour. I've found that it's almost easier to keep a level of like. So we last toured together as a band in twenty. Whatever, 19. But I, I, I've kept a level sort of mentally and physically since then. I haven't, I, it's always harder when you really, like when we did progress and uh, th- like there's times when you let it sort of drop and you don't do anything for six months and then you try and get up again and it's a little bit harder. So I've found just generally for my general well being, and, and this isn't whether we're on tour or not, if I get up in the morning and I go for a run, I have a, you know, and I do this on tour as well, uh, then a cold bath or things like that and little bits of breathing. I love audio books. And so I've just generally found a place where routine really suits me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just, it, you know, whether that's food, what I eat, lots of water, 
just general routine. If I know at four o'clock I've got to take the dogs, feed the dogs, and take them for a walk around the block, and I'm really good if I do that, and I'm there for four o'clock. If I'm 10 minutes late, everything starts to go, oh, I'm, I'm off, I'm out of balance, you know. Um, so just, just trying to find routine helps me personally, and that's at home, on tour. Uh, if one, like if I'm taking, <laughs> this is quite funny, but like if I'm taking one of the kids in one direction, sometimes another kid will phone and say, can you pick me up in a 45 minutes <laughs> over here? And I, I, I can sense my brain starting to go, malfunction, malfunction. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I can't, like, I can't do it. I can't logistically yeah. do it. What about after tour then? Because if you, you know, I'm sure you all got this incredible buzz going on from the tour. Not only have you got the show and the fans screaming at you, that is just a natural high, but you're playing your new songs and you're getting a kick out of that and then you're travelling to a new location. So every day you're waking up and it's a, a new day, and a new exciting thing. When you're back in the routine of everyday life and it might not be quite as exciting and you've got dogs to walk and kids to feed, how do you mentally deal that with is that? Is that a come down no, or is it okay? that is the exciting bit. Right, isn't it? Okay. Seeing yeah, them, I love that bit. Yeah, seeing them grow and what they're doing, and and finding out that one of them's got interested in cars all of a sudden, and oh, ones that's the exciting part of your life because mm. their life is changing, and you're growing with them, and that you're learning, you learn about life. I think again through your sort of children's eyes, you, that I get a second time to learn about life, and that that is massively exciting. Yeah, I think you know, coming off tour though is. Gaz, Gaz always, as easy as that. Gaz, always, Gaz <laughs> no. always explains it really well. Go on, Gary. Because you literally have everything made, done for yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He gets home from tea and asks, you know, asks his I, wife, can I have a cup Every time. You know, she, I know she's waiting for it. She's got the line ready for me. <laughs> and I've come home and I'm, oh, God, it's been seven months I've been on the road. <laughs> and you'll ask for anything. Can I just have a tea? You're not on tour now. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been holding that in for? I knew oh, she she loves saying it. I love it. I'd do the same. Great. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Get your own bloody tea. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is. It's a it's a big gear shift, isn't it? But it seems like family has been really the making of you guys as well, because having had such extreme fame from such a young age, you know, 17 Mm. mark, and it wasn't just a bit of fame, it was global success. And you see people, and we've all seen it happen over the years, and even you know probably more recently, people that have that level of fame at a young age and go spiralling off the rails, and you know you feel desperately sorry and you want to help them because it, you can see how easy it is for that to happen with just the the noise around you and the pressure that's around you. But none of you have done that. Do you think family has been the saving grace? Yeah, I think yeah. I think in in many ways. I think we're very lucky as well that we are actually a group. We we are actually yeah, a group of guys yeah. and we all, you know, we're all quite level-headed, quite down-to-earth people. And, you know, again, we, we everything that we do or if anything is wrong or there is a problem within the band, it's always, you know, we would help each other out. You know, if you see somebody going in that wrong direction, we would help them out. So... Family. That's family. Big. Yeah, big. big. Is, isn't it? But, but family isn't just this, like... It's everything around Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it it is having the right people around you. Because, again, I think when you see people go down a bad path, it's usually because they've got yes people around them. And I think, you know, you guys know better than anyone, you've got to have that team around you who are going to say when you need it, no, well, that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Or be able to have that sort of honest dynamic rather than just going yes all the time. 
Yeah. And I, th- I think in a world... Nobody ever said yes to us. <laughs> Especially. <laughs> the amount of cigars, but nobody, yeah, to us it was like, no. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love yes. It feels better than no. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Your fans are obviously of paramount importance to you, showcased so beautifully in Greatest Days. I loved the film. I loved it so much. I thought it was such an interesting way to use your music and really unexpected because most would be expecting a biopic and we're sort of waiting for that. Whose idea was it? What was the thinking behind turning the lens on on your fans? I agree. When, When we first went to see a version of how that would look and the fact that it was a it was like turning a because it started as a musical. Yeah, that, that whole idea did, uh, and the fact that it turns a mirror on the audience—they think they're coming to watch a show about us—and all of a sudden they realise that's me on stage. Mm. It's very powerful that, and it's also for us as a band. It's our appreciation for to literally say, "I know you've been there. We've noticed. Mm. You, we know what's been going on. You know, we we, we we're aware." You've had a life as well as us, um, so it was. It was. It was the ultimate love letter to our audience. Really, the whole thing was, and from the the story itself, a kind of parallel to our friendship too, of how they were, how how they came back together, and they were the answer to what that girl was looking for. The answer was right there all along. Um, and in some of it, 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 it strangely touches the milestones of our career that film does. Yeah. Mm, it's yeah. beautiful, and Proud what a cast a as well! Yeah. Yeah. Love Jade, yeah. love Ashlyn B. Yeah, Ashlyn, yeah. 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 What a Absolutely cast! Brilliant. It's so cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. We hear so many stories of so many beautiful stories of um, friendships that were formed from, from the fans. Where, you know, even even back in the days of the 90s when there wasn't any, you know, internet. Well, no, but there was internet, but there wasn't any it was social slow. media where they could contact each other that way. So it was more yeah. like... Um, they paged each other. Pen pals, you know what I mean? Pen pals, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I miss that, that era. Some of those friendships and how they've, how they've um, people have, you know, songs have gotten through cancer treatment or whatever it may be and illnesses. And it's amazing to hear. It really is amazing. Yeah, it must be incredible to look out in that audience when you're leaving a venue and you see people there that have been there from back in the day, since, you know, mm-hmm. since the 90s. That's crazy. Yeah. How does it feel to sit here and think, wow, we've been doing this for over 30 years, 33 years? Because there's always this strange paradox where you can look back at an era and go, God, that feels like another lifetime ago. But yeah. simultaneously... That was yesterday. I know it does. It does in some respects, so especially today. You know, it's a, these launch days. I think people just see them and think it's a, just a new record coming out. It's not. It's like two years of our work that's gone into this, and it's and it, it sort of happens within ten minutes, and people sort of swipe on, and then it's on to the next thing. And it's like, no, no, it's the, these are these are massive things. And today, I actually felt that God. It seems like yesterday we were out on the road doing six gigs a day in a, in a Salford Van Eyre van, going up and down the motorway, trying to get a single in the charts, trying mm. to get on the in a magazine. and It just seemed like yesterday. Um, Those were the days we used to work hard. Yeah, yeah. It was, mm. But you know what, though? I look, I look nowadays and I think, you know what? No, I won't want to be a new artist now. No. I think this industry's changed so much. It's so difficult now. It's so difficult that I'm really glad we're at the point we're at. It just seems like a lot of the focus isn't on the music anymore. It's it's all the 
how to do stuff with the music, as I still believe, and going back to a lot of the subjects we've talked about here today, is that the music saved me over the years. It did. It was the it was my answer in the years that I wasn't doing music to get back to it. It was my answer to not make me focus on fame, and because the music. And I believe that with anything, if, if, if the sole skill of what you do, if you let that skill go and concentrate on something else that was a, a partner to that skill, I think you get lost and you need to go back to the skill. The reason why people first noticed you or discovered you, why was that? It's because I'm a singer and a songwriter. And if you keep going back to that well, I think that's where the health comes from. I think that's where the real reason you're here and why you should feel proud getting out of a van and all the rest of it. It's not fame. It's because of that skill that you do, that, that you go into a dark room and you and you conjure up this stuff. And that, that's what you bring into the world. And that everything else, you're not in control of that. Don't try and control it because you can't. And, and accept it. Do you want to it. drop it? Do you want to drop it? Drop the mic. Yeah, drop the mic. <laughs> I, I like that, what Gary's just said. I've never heard but him say that. That's great, yeah. because it's the power of music. It's a global it's a universal feeling and like you know you're writing it you're creating it and, and that, that's saving you that's keeping you healthy but it has that beautiful ripple effect where people listening to the music you're writing have that same experience mm. it is the best thing ever you know i'm not musical at all but i am addicted join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers 15,178 average based on 20 percent below average msrp from all 2023 grand cherokee overland 4xe and summit 4xe models and dealer stock residency restrictions apply take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1 jeep is a registered trademark to music yeah. I love mm. the feeling like hearing your new single when I, I you know I messaged you I put windows on and it was that instant euphoria and those melodies and it does something to you it's a visceral experience it and it's it's unbeatable and unbeatable. you know when people talk a lot about AI and it's gonna get you know I remember when the drum machine came out mm. oh there goes the drummers there'll yep. never be a drummer ever <laughs> again oh they can do samples of orchestras now. <coughs> that's it they'll never yep. be orchestras Forget it. Forget it. Because you know what? That AI can't come up with what I'm going to come up with next. Yep. All it can do is base its prediction on what I've already done. So that that's never going to work with music. No, because it comes from the heart that's and the soul and the mm. gut. And AI doesn't have that. And people recognise that. Mm -hmm. So And people aren't stupid. No. So, They're yeah. not. AI can Triumph. do one. Yes. yes. Do one AI. <laughs> do one AI. Whoever you are. Exactly, yeah. you evil, sinister, mysterious yeah. entity. <laughs> um, well, look, take that. You have opened my windows today. That oh, sounds rude really. now. I've said it out loud. But it didn't when I wrote it in my notepad. Um, but thank you. It's been an absolute joy. And I'm so excited to hear the rest of the new album. And good luck on your tour. Well, after the thank success you. of this show, the last time I was on, who knows where you're going to go next? <laughs> who knows, Gary? <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. Congratulations. Thank Lovely you. to see you. Thank, thank you. Great. What a mic drop moment to end on from Gary there. In fact, I need to say a thank you to all three of the guys for being just so warm 
and really raw, actually, and thoughtful. I thought it was, you know, not only a lot of fun, but very poignant too. It was just very special to sort of understand more about what makes them all tick behind the scenes. Take That's new album, This Life, is out on November the 24th and tickets for the 2024 tour are on sale now. I would snap them up immediately if I were you. Now... What did you take away from that chat? Do you feel like maybe you know Gary, Mark and Howard a little bit better? Come and tell us over on Instagram. We are found at at Happy Place Official. All right, back next week. A massive thank you again to take that. To the producers of this episode, Sophie King and Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio. And to you beauties, I love you. Okay, just jumping in here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in partnership with Comic Relief. Red Nose Day is back on Friday the 15th of March and this year it's time to do something funny for money. Whatever you do this Red Nose Day, make it fun, have a right old laugh and get together to raise some all-important cash. Your donation could help tackle the serious business of providing shelter for those that need it and safe spaces for those in danger, supporting food banks and helping to support families affected by conflict and climate change in the UK and around the world. Please give what you can this Red Nose Day to help to put food on plates and roofs overheads. Keep little ones safe and help support families in crisis. Text PODCAST to 70205 to give £5 today. That's the word PODCAST to 70205 to donate £5. Text cost your donation amount plus your standard network message charge and 100% of your donation will go to Comic Relief, a registered charity. You must be 16 or over and please ask the bill payers' permission. For full terms and conditions, visit comicrelief.com forward slash ACAST.